0: Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your city's upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. I'm telling you, friends, oh, man, what an amazing person because he's a person to work for. Hallelujah. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't delay accept Jesus today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, hey, let's jump right into the podcast today. So, I've been thinking about uh, something that came up on my heart. I've been meditating on this, and I ministered on this recently. Uh, But it's called hearing checkup. A hearing checkup. Faith cometh by hearing. And so, we want to make sure that we're hearing correctly and accurately. And so, we're going to dive into that today. But let's start here in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 22. It says this, For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Oh, thank you, Father. Now, a couple things here. So he's talking about mysteries, basically. Mysteries are being revealed, or secret things. And we should say this right here at the top, that the secret things are protected things. You know, there are certain things you don't want everybody to know. Well, those are secrets. Uh, Those are things that are kept private, or those are mysteries. And uh, while a mystery uh, doesn't mean that nobody knows about it, the idea here is that there's a few or a selected few that really know what's going on behind the scenes. Well, obviously the creator, he knows what's going on, and certain things are, are kind of veiled or shrouded in a mystery form. But the Bible says that uh, here, he said, there's nothing hidden which won't be revealed. All mysteries are going to come into the light at some point. Hallelujah. It's not possible to keep a thing hidden indefinitely, Uh, especially if you're of the dark. The moment the light comes on, buddy, you're exposed. But I'm telling you here, he says, nor anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. And in the positive sense, this is what we want to talk about, Things uh, things that God has kept wrapped up, In a secret or in a mystery, he fully intends that those should come to your understanding or that you should have understanding of it. So secret things are protected things. As you know, the secrets are kept hidden. Usually secrets are protected until the time that they can be revealed or delivered to you. Now, God does not accidentally reveal something to you at the wrong time. No, Once you have been given access to, quote, know something about his plans and purposes, it's because the time, timing, or the position, or the entrance of that revelation is strategic. Now, specifically today, I'm going to talk about things that concern you. There are mysteries that concern you, things concerning the future that have everything to do with you. You don't know anything about them right right now because it's wrapped up in a mystery. Uh, the reason why it's wrapped up in mystery because God's already been there. He knows everything about it. The Bible says He's the beginning and the end. Uh, he says, or the S- scriptures say that He establishes the end, or He goes all the way to your destination. He establishes that destination, and then come all comes all the way back here to you and says, "Follow me." So God already knows. There's nothing, nothing hidden from Him. I mean, He's omniscient. Anyway, so I mean, He absolutely knows everything. We don't know everything. There's a lot of mysteries. There's a lot of things that are kept hidden from us, and the things that concern you and me that are hidden from us, uh, that is intentional because it's strategic, because it's not just hidden from you. It's hidden from other people, and we're going to get into that too. Psalm 138, verse 8. I love this. It says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Hallelujah. That's his will. That is his intention. If something concerns you, let's say your future, or your, your destiny, your destination. The Hebrew word is the derek, the God-ordained path. Well, that concerns you, God's plans and purposes that he has for you. Remember he said in um, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I know, he says, what I've planned for you. He said, I've given you a future. He said, I already know what your future is. And in him, he's given it to you. He says, I've, I've got plans to prosper you, to give you a future, and a hope. He knows what he's thinking about when it concerns you. He also said he's going to perfect that. Now, we're working together with him. Uh, He's not going to just arbitrarily do something against your will. You're going to have to yield to him, and you're going to have to yield to this process of progressive revelation in the sense of he's not downloading it to you all at once. He's requiring faith, and he's going to give you uh, just enough to get you on to the next step, to the next things. Hallelujah for that. Uh, That's that's just the way it works. And so we yield to it. We say thank you, Father, for it. Hallelujah. Continue to reveal to us. Continue to show us the hidden things that concern us. He promised, I'll perfect you. All right, now, a lot of that perfection is shrouded in a mystery right now. It's going to take faith and trust for you to get into the fullness of that. So, again, Psalm 138.8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns uh, you or me. It says me there in the scriptures. But this has everything to do with God revealing to you You, if he's going to perfect something that concerns you, it has everything to do with you. So he's going to reveal you to you. He's going to unveil. See, revelation is the revealing of something that was previously hidden from you. And if he's already established your destination, then all he has to do is just draw back the curtain, draw back the shroud of mystery, and all of a sudden that thing which is hidden is no longer hidden. Now he hides things. Again, he hides things not just from you, In fact, we should say it like this, that um, it's mysteries, Bible Bible mysteries are hidden things, but they're not hidden from you, they're hidden for you. That's a better way of saying that. All Bible mysteries are hidden things, but they're things that are hidden for you. The reason why they're hidden and hidden for you until the time that you come into um, knowledge of them or until the time appointed for the revealing of that which was hidden is to keep that thing protected from the enemy. There is a devil out here. There are nefarious people. There are demons out here, and they would love to sabotage everything that concerns you. They they destroy everything that's been predestined to be conformed to the image of a Son. And if they have any advanced knowledge, I can tell you this, that they would seek to sabotage it if possible. They work hard enough now as it is to try and sabotage things. But this is why things are kept Hidden because it keeps the devil working in the dark. (laughs) Hallelujah. I mean, he is of the dark, but I mean, it keeps him unable to really know what God is doing. He cannot preemptively sabotage the plan of God because he doesn't know anything about it. Now, you know, if you go to like, um, this is not my message today, but if you go to like fortune tellers, soothsayers, uh, people who read tarot cards or read read the stars concerning you, stuff like that. Listen, none of that is really uh, real revelation concerning the future. In Isaiah, uh, in Isaiah, it says um, only the Lord can tell you the future before it happens. Now, if you believe that, which I'm suggesting that you believe the Scriptures, what it's telling us here is there is no there is no person outside of the Godhead that knows anything about the future. Um, no demon in hell uh, can. Uh, crack the safe of God's heart and mind and rob knowledge of the future without God knowing it. And uh, there's no way no demon in hell can get that close to even find out what God is even thinking or saying in his private chambers. There's no way. Only God knows the future. So any of these quote-unquote fortune tellers or future tellers, uh, any of these soothsayers, diviners, whatever that is, that's all prediction. That's called false prophecy, and the way that works is they'll predict something, hoping to get you to align with it. But if you receive it, if you accept it as truth, then you legally, you, you give that demonic realm permission to begin to navigate, or we could say it like this, manipulate your circumstances to that objective end. Now, this is what you don't want to do. You don't want to go to places like that. Demons hang 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 out there. It is a it is literal demons that are telling The fortune teller, the future teller, it's demons telling them what we would call um, uh, familiar things. They're familiar spirits. They're spirits that are familiar with you, your family, your grandpa, your great-grandpa, etc. And they know enough about you that they're literally, they are telling, they are telling the future teller um, by way of divining. It's a medium. They are, they're literally, they're communicating with evil spirits. And these evil spirits are telling them certain information about you. And this is what gets people so hooked because they're, they're kind of shocked. I mean, it's a supernatural-ish sorts, uh, sort of function. And these demons, which people can't see, all right, so the average person going in here uh, to the person looking at the crystal ball, okay, they pay $5, they have their palm read, stupid. But the reason why that person has enough accurate information concerning you is because there's a demon telling them what they know about you, and what happens though is, is once they kind of get you hooked, once they kind of get you razzled and dazzled by the familiar information, okay, none of this is the future yet. They're just telling you things that they know about you because they saw what you did. You know they know what you're wearing. I mean they they saw you put your wallet in your pocket. Um, they know you had a ten dollar bill in there. You know I mean it's it's simple things like that. But that's how they get a lot of people hooked. And then what they'll do is they'll begin to lay out false prediction. Now, some people's lives are written out like a book. They're so predictable that even demons can predict to a pretty decent degree what you're probably going to do over the next six months or so. But I'm telling you, they don't know the future. They just lay out predictions. Now, the problem is somebody goes in a situation like that and they become so enamored by this activity, that they yield, they literally give legal, spiritual legal precedent for demons now to begin to manipulate their circumstances in order to maneuver them towards that false prediction. So many people, you know, somebody say like, oh, uh, you're going to die or something. And fear, fear is like faith twisted and perverted. It draws things to you. People get afraid of that prediction. But the fear is the legal right that that demon needed to begin to manipulate and maneuver them and their circumstances. Long story short, don't go to places like that. It's a joke, man. It, it is spiritual in the sense it's demonic, but they're, they're just going to rob from you. They're just going to try and steal you, steal from you. They're going to try and destroy you. They're going to try and kill you. That's, that's what demons do. John 10.10 10 says, the thief cometh only to steal, kill, and destroy. Hallelujah. You know, what about some of these people that are in, like, Hollywood? There's some fascinating documentaries on this subject, but somebody heard heard a voice, and what was it? It was a spirit talking to them and said, I'll help you. By the way, that's what Jezebel said. Jezebel said, I'll help you get what you want. Uh, You know, if you'll work with me, you know, you've, you've heard the same people have sold their soul to the devil. Well, literally, that's what they've done. There's been an exchange here. The devil says, hey, I'll help you get famous or whatever. But there's, there's a manipulation. It's a control. These activities are real. and A lot of people get enamored by them. But there is, but there is no accurate future telling outside of the Lord. The Bible says only he knows the future. So th- this is what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that are wrapped up in a mystery. And there's all kinds of demons trying to get knowledge, just, just like you and I. We would like to know what tomorrow holds. Hallelujah. So does every demon in hell. They want to know exactly what the Lord's going to do tomorrow uh, so, they, they, so that they can preemptively try and stop it or do their own thing or accomplish their own plan and mission. But listen, he's got your future. He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. And uh, he wants to communicate that with you. This is why he said, look, I'm, I'm going to promise to you, I'm going to covenant with you that if you'll work with me, this is what the Lord says. He said, if you'll work with me, I'll perfect that which concerns you. Because he only knows what is in your tomorrow. Only the Lord does. Notice this in John 16, 13. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Listen, this, this is the Holy Spirit. Okay, Not a demonic spirit. This is the Holy Ghost. Not some, you know, um, counterfeit ghost. Hallelujah. Some disembodied demon floating around out there trying to lead and guide you listen don't trust them hallelujah it's supernatural i get it people are enamored by that but i'm telling you uh, they're just looking for a body to leech off of listen disembodied spirits these demons that are around here the bible says that the uh the lower atmosphere or the air below the mountaintops uh, principalities of the air the word air there is the is the um the atmosphere below the mountaintops it, it's infiltrated infested there's gobs of them. I mean, I don't know how many there are. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of disembodied spirits just roaming around. These are the familiar spirits. They're spirits that are really familiar with particular locations, uh, areas upon the face of the earth, and uh, they don't like you, but they're, they would love to demonize you. They lo- they've got to have a body, a human body, to have any kind of authority in this realm, that's why you got to be watchful. You don't work with these. You don't partner with them. You don't give them legal access to dominate you, demonize you, dominate you, manipulate you, control you. You know, build up strongholds in areas of your soul. Uh, they may come off friendly at first, but I'm telling you, there's a hidden agenda every, every time, friend. But listen, when the 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 pure spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes, Jesus said, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you. Watch this. He will tell you things to come. I didn't pull this up. I'm going to do it real quick on the fly here if I can get to it. That was John 16, 13. Look at this in the um, uh, Amplified Bible. If If I can get this really quick here. I didn't have this in in my notes, but I want to show you what the Amplified says here. Right here. So John 16, 13, and 14 in the Amplified Classic says, But when he the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit, by the way, what a distinguisher. These other spirits, these other demon spirits, now angels, uh, heavenly angels, uh, they speak under command as well. They're not speaking on their own authority. Whatever a heavenly angel would have to say would be the truth because he's been commissioned. Okay? Okay. But every other spirit, we're, we're talking about all the demonic fallen spirits. Uh, they are not truth-telling spirits. I mean, that this passage clears that up. Listen, you can't trust them. Remember Jesus said, he said, you're of your father, the father of lies. That's, that's the devil. You, uh, there is no truth in, in him. Jesus said, there is no truth in the devil. Whatever he says is a lie. So listen, these, these dark demonic spirits may try and befriend you in some way. They're going to try and razzle-dazzle you. Okay, they're going to move a coffee cup across the table. Ooh, ooh. They're going to show you how to move a pencil from your pocket over to the thing on the desk. Ooh, 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 ooh. Listen, they're going to try and befriend you, but I'm telling you, there's no truth in them. They're of the dark. There's no truth in them, friend. Hallelujah. I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but you've, you've been dabbling in dark things. It's, it's supernatural in the sense that it is spirits that are in another dimension, and they are revealing their reality to you, but I'm telling you, it's a trap. There's a hidden agenda. You're going to get wrapped up in stuff you don't want to be wrapped up in. Come out of the dark in the name of Jesus. Stop entertaining these these demons. Hallelujah. Listen, they will mess you up. Uh, What's he say here? He says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving Spirit comes. He will guide you in the all truth, the whole truth, the full truth. For he will not speak his own message or on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He comes from the Father. Demons don't come from the Father. Holy Spirit has come from the Father. He will give you the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you things, watch this, that will happen in the future. Oh, thank you, Father. Now, look at verse 14. He says, he, talking about the Holy Ghost, he will honor and glorify me. This honors and glorifies the Father. Hallelujah. When Holy Ghost reveals things to you concerning the future. That palm reader, tarot card reader, crystal ball reader, future teller, fortune teller, diviner, whatever, this and that, white Wiccan, this witch, this witch, sorcery, whatever, all the names, whatever, blah, 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 blah. They don't know the future. They do not know the future. Only the Godhead does. And here we see Holy Spirit being specifically assigned by the Father at key times to reveal things that concern you. Here, I love how the Amplified says that he will come... He's not even going to come on, on his own authority. Father will have commissioned him, sent him to literally reveal to you things concerning the future. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. And there's, I would say there's probably degrees of that. Um, and I'm keeping this conversation within the context of the things that concern you. I'm not talking about anything that concerns anybody else. Uh When you're talking about that, when you're talking about like the office of the prophet that is given revelation knowledge specifically, you know, we're looking at that function, but the office of a prophet that has been given access by way of the Holy Spirit concerning future things, that is not a light thing, friend. That is not a light thing, and not everybody operates in that. Very few operate in that. Uh, When you're talking about giving out knowledge of the future, that is a very, very protected, that is a very honorable, that is a very special, that is a fearful thing to operate in there because every demon in hell is clamoring to have knowledge of the future. They just don't have it. So he says, verse 14, this honors the father when the Holy Spirit does this. It gives him glory actually when he does it. Goes goes on to say that when he takes of, 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 of his, Jesus is saying that the father has given him everything. And this gives the father glory when Holy Spirit does this. But when the Holy Spirit takes something that's been given to Christ and reveals it to you, um, and, or, or uh, let's see, the Amplified says, reveal, it says, declare, disclose, or transmit it to you, the Father's glorified. Oh, he, it just blesses him. And I'm telling you, there's one group of people specifically, and, of course, we have the prophets in the Old Testament uh, who prophesied the future to a lot of people, covered everybody on the face of the planet, but in, but in particularly, the Holy Spirit is indwelling in a certain type of creation on the earth. We, we know it in the New Testament. This was a mystery that was revealed, by the way, hidden from the beginning in, in him, but it's been revealed now. Paul writes about this in Ephesians, but that's the church uh, or the born-again believer or the new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, specifically, Holy Spirit has been assigned to them. Holy Spirit is indwelling on the inside we're the only creation on the face of the earth where the Holy Spirit is indwelling on the inside of us, communing now with our spirit. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit has communion with the Father, and now we have Holy Spirit in us communing with our spirit. And here is where that transaction takes place. Hallelujah. That's This, this is where that revelation takes place within our spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. We're the only people on the face of the earth. If, if you're born again, if you're not born again, friend, don't delay, accept Christ today. You're not going to have this. You don't get this unless you're born again. Holy Spirit is not indwelling people who are not new, new creations in Christ Jesus. But we have Holy Spirit, and we have the ministry of Holy Spirit, and one thing Jesus said Holy Spirit was going to do is he would begin to reveal to you, specifically those things that concern you or concern the plan that God has for our life, Ephesians two ten. Let me read this um, just to provide the framework for our conversation today, and to kind of keep it within this framework. There's a lot of you know, a lot of things we could talk about. A lot of directions we could go. Let's keep it in this direction. But Ephesians two ten. Let me get there real quick. Ephesians two ten. One of my favorite verses here. It says this. Uh, oh, that's chapter one. Chapter two. Do, 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 do. for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them all right the uh, phrase um, good works is path or pathways so this would be a transliteration of the thought from the Old Testament of our Derek our God ordained path so what is this verse? telling us that God's already been in your future. He's already prepared ahead of time, meaning he's already gone into your future. He's already established certain things for, for you. He's come all the way back to where you're at now and says, hey, would you follow me? Now, if we'll follow him, he's going to lead us in these good things. He's going to lead us onto the paths that he's already laid out for us. What's he doing? He's revealing the future to us in this whole operation. Oh, it's phenomenal. Um, so think about this. Jesus he's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's already gone into the future. He's already has been given access to your destination, to your future. He is the Lord of the beginning and the ending. He begins to speak, disclose and reveal the plan to Holy Ghost. Then Holy Spirit moves, come on, or hovers over the word of the Lord and brings the knowledge of the mystery to you. Any Revelation, or word we should could say, of the Holy Spirit concerning you in particular, carries within itself authorization by faith for that revelation to take upon itself substance. This is the whole reason why he would begin to re- reveal the word of the Lord to you or the plans or Father's heart concerning you. Once he begins to reveal what Father has said, what what Father has revealed, what He's given to Jesus to be a steward over, Jesus then um, obviously gives access to Holy Ghost. Jesus is the Living Word. Okay, so Holy Ghost is taking that which is in Christ, that which concerns you in Him, and He's revealing it to you. And we know faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word. When Holy Ghost reveals it to you, He's literally given you authorization for that to come to pass. As he's revealing the future, he's given you the authority to lay claim to it. Oh, I'm telling you, this makes the devil mad, friend. Because you can be steps, you can be miles, you can be days ahead of the devil if you are receiving your future by faith um, through communing with the Holy Ghost. When you are fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, the devil isn't there. You're not fellowshipping with... With with him. This is transpiring by the Spirit. And Holy Spirit is revealing to you things that concern you. And in those moments of revelation, you say, I receive it by faith. Oh, I take it right now by faith. I take that right now. I lay claim to that right now in the name of Jesus. As you do that, the devil doesn't have any clue what's going on. He has no clue what's going on. But I'm telling you, he's going to have a clue when suddenly that revelation, that word of the Lord that previously didn't have substance suddenly takes upon itself flesh and is now an immovable, impassable object, hallelujah, or reality. The devil can't do anything about it now. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for it. Look at this in Psalm 139, verse 16. Psalm 139, 16. David had this revelation. He said, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Hallelujah for that. Where is your future? It's in, the mind, it's in the mind of God. In fact, here it says it's recorded in a book. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. Father, Heavenly Father, the Creator, Jehovah, He already thought in advance about you. Here it says He recorded it down. He's given that to Jesus. What is Jesus doing? Allowing Holy Spirit to hover over that word and to bring that word to you to reveal it to you to tell you of it that's the future that we read about there in John Holy Spirit is literally going to tell you about where you to be in the future and the moment he reveals it to you you can lay claim to it by faith oh we thank you father for it man thank you father for that this is what i'm saying so holy spirit is going to reveal it and now it's not a mystery So again, a mystery, Bible mysteries, they are hidden things, but they're not things that are hidden from you. They are things that are hidden for you. Again, what is a Bible mystery? Well, they are hidden things. Uh, Some, you could say secrets, but they're not secrets to be kept from you. They're secrets that have been kept for you specifically until the time that they could come to your understanding, to the time at which they're appointed to be revealed for you to receive by faith. Listen, God is a master planner. He is a um, he, he is a master strategist. And so he doesn't reveal something to you out of schedule. There is no way, no way you're going to know something before you need to know it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want you to think about that. And let's say you miss it. Well, he's going to try and get it to you. The, it, it, it was hidden for you. It was never hidden from you. It was hidden for you. And let's say you miss the moment, the prime moment of opportunity here. Well, he's going to bring it around again. The Bible says it gives the Father glory when Holy Spirit gets it to you, when he gets it over to you. Now, listen, we want to be quick to get it the first time. Hallelujah. There are some timings involved. And uh, because we have an enemy that is seeking to sabotage things, listen, we want to develop this this, this. this is why I call this hearing checkup. We want to develop our sensitivity to Holy Spirit when he's revealing things to us. The timing is very strategic. There's a reason why he may reveal something to us at this point, and a lot of people get messed up over that because that's happened to them before, but then it took X amount of time. Of course, you know, we don't want to operate just in the basis of time, but for sake of our conversation here, Holy Spirit revealed something to them back here, and then some time went by, and they got all disappointed because it didn't work out in their understanding of timing. But you have to un- un- understand that when Holy Spirit revealed it to you, he revealed it to you in seed form. It required your faith to put substance to it. And sometimes there's a little bit of time that goes into, there's a labor, a spiritual labor, as you are uh, allowing Holy Spirit to bring that revelation in you, you're, you are receiving, conceptually you're receiving the seed of that word, and there is a labor, and you are working it out. You are believing it into, you're putting your faith to its substance. It's taking on itself substance. It's coming into a place where it's going to literally be birthed in the natural, and everything is going to have to adjust and shift because all of a sudden here is the manifestation of your faith, But listen, that may take, I'm making this up, that may take a year. Well, so what if it takes a year? Don't be so disappointed in two weeks that, you know, the thing that Holy Spirit revealed to you wasn't there in two hours. Well, what if it takes two years? What if it takes 20 years? Listen, when Holy Spirit reveals a thing, the moment of revelation may not be the exact moment of manifestation. But don't be so disappointed. The Bible uses language like, uh, you, you have need of endurance. It uses language like be patient. It uses language like, you know, um, strengthen yourself. It uses endurance. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it, it uses a lot of language that kind of gives us like, look, you're going to have to fortify yourself because the moment of revelation may not be the exact moment of manifestation. So once revelation comes, uh, you're going to have to posture yourself to continue to trust in, cling to that word until the time that it's delivered or you give birth to it and it's made manifest or it comes into reality. We should be, at this point, we should be so good at being patient. I mean, we should be, like, amazing at being patient. I'm not where I want to be, hallelujah, but I'm further along than where I was. And it's because, look, it's confidence in the moment when Holy Spirit says, hey, this is what concerns you. Holy Spirit says, let me tell you about about, about your future. Listen, you're going to lay hold to that, and you're not going let, let anything shake you off of that. And you're going to be patient. You're going to endure. You're going to trust. You're going to give thanks. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. You're going to have a continual thanksgiving coming out of your mouth. It's Thanksgiving will be reflected in your actions. You will show by demonstrating how much faith you have by your confidence that what he said, he's going to. To do, and Then you're going to cast the care of how. We don't care how, unless he reveals the how. If he reveals the how, then that becomes important. But if he doesn't reveal the how, then we're going to cast the care of how. I'm not going to lose any sleep on how this is going to be done. And then we're going to cast the care of the timing. Hallelujah. We're not bound by earth time. Not when you're seated in the heavenlies. But we're going to cast the care of how. And it doesn't matter. You know, if it takes 20 years, if it takes 30 years, does it really matter? Listen, if he said it, and it's going to come come to pass based on his words. It doesn't matter if it's two hours or two weeks or two years or 20 years. Oh, praise God for it. Oh, let's see. Mark 4, 22. He says, things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that, that it may be made known. That's Mark 4, 22 through 25 in the Amplified. Verse 23, listen to this, though. Excuse me, that was verse 22. I'm sorry. Look at verse 23. If any man has ears to hear. All right, so he just said, things are hidden temporarily, only as a means unto revelation. Meaning he's only going to hide something in order to reveal it later. Why would he hide it something? Again, to protect it, right? He's not keeping it from you. He's keeping it for you. So he's then he says, there is nothing hidden that except it should be revealed, nothing temporarily kept secret, but that later it should be made known. Then verse 23, Mark 4, 23, he says, But if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening, let him perceive and comprehend. So there's something connected here. He's going to hide something. But then there's going to be a, a very, a, a kairos moment. There's going to be an appointed time that he intends to reveal it. How's he going to reveal it? By the word. He's going to reveal it by the word. The word is going to reveal it. Holy Holy Spirit is going to take what it is, the living word. He's going to reveal it unto you. Here's where the Bible adds this thought here. You've you've got to have ears to hear this. You have to have ears to hear this. This is your part in it. Um, Even if God is speaking to and about you, it's up to you to posture yourself to hear it. You have to have ears to hear Proverbs 20 verse 12 says, ears to hear and eyes to see both are gifts from the Lord. You have all the equipment you need. If you are born again, you have all the equipment you need to be uh, and the tools to utilize hearing when God chooses to reveal something, especially, particularly anything that concerns you. He's given you ears that will hear, uh, ears that will be the tools, ears that will be the things you need to receive when he begins to reveal or disclose to you things that he's kept in a mystery. Verse 24, and he said to them, be watchful, take heed, uh, consider carefully what you are hearing. Hallelujah. Oh, it's very important. You're using these ears to hear um, as he's leading you, guiding you, navigating you. It's all going to be by his word. It's all going to be By his word. He doesn't use natural physical manipulatives. He's going to lead you by his word. He's going to lead you by that still small voice within your spirit. Uh, This is of interest. The law of receiving is the law of attention. So I'm going to kind of dial in here on our hearing checkup. So I wanted to say all that other stuff to let you know that God has wrapped up your entire future in mysteries. But at very key and strategic moments, he's going to reveal these mysteries to you. These mysteries are going to come in word form, or or they're going to come in seed form by the word. All things are upheld by the word of his power. Everything is going to be revealed to you via word. He's going to reveal his word to you. He's going to speak to you, minister to you. Holy Spirit's going to minister to you. Uh, things are going to be prayed out. Uh, you're going to be praying things out in. Maybe, maybe another language or an unknown tongue. Ho- Holy Spirit's going to give you the interpretation. Here's what you just prayed out. Hallelujah. But he's going to reveal things to you. So you have to be in the posture of receptivity to this revelation. You have to have ears that have been tuned to hear when he reveals these things. All right? Again, the reason why these mechanisms are set up like this, or the mechanics, is because he's keeping things... Um, out of the hands of the enemy, and only towards you. Hallelujah. Or at least that's the end goal. So the law of receiving is the law of attention. The law of receiving is the law of attention. You're not going to receive what Father has for you if you're not paying attention. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know who's listening, but I've got four kids. And there's times I'm telling things to my kid. I'm, I'm looking at them, and I realize they're not even hearing Hallelujah. Why? Because they're not paying attention. This is what I'm saying. you got to pay attention. The Lord may be speaking. In fact, you may show up at a, a service on Sunday, say, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. But are you utilizing ears to hear what is being said? I mean, you might be hearing, but have you even heard him yet, though? That's what I'm saying. He's speaking, but have you heard him? you got to get in the posture to hear. And that is... Attention, you got to pay attention. Here's the number one rule of attention. If the law of receiving is the law of attention, well, what's the number one rule of attention? Well, it's being still. Be still, the Bible says, and what? And know that he is God. Listen, if you're just all over the place, if you're restless, if you're here, there, You're just constantly going, 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 going. If you're doing all the talking, 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 talking all the time, all the time, all the time, the Bible actually um, discusses the person who talk, 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 calls them a fool. Well, listen, you can't be talking and really paying attention and hearing and being still at the same time. And so God is wanting to reveal things to you, but are you in the posture to hear? How's your hearing, friend? Well, number one, you're going to have to pay attention. And in order to pay attention, you're going to have to be still. Be still, he says. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who what wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will not grow weary. Those who what? Those who wait on the Lord. Well, you can say it like this: those who are still before him. Those who are in a posture where they are paying attention, they have inclined their ear. Remember that verse? Um, Where's that That's in Proverbs. And he says, incline your ear to my saying. Incline your ear to my saying. I, I looked up that Hebrew word, incline, and it carries this idea. And that's to open up to its fully capacity to posture your ear to set your ear in such a way that you have you you have uh reached the furthest uh let me see here how do i say it you have opened your ear your hearing to its furthest capacity to its greatest capacity you could not tune your ear even more than it is now you have reached its its you have reached its full hearing ability that's what incline means incline your ear to my sayings. What's he telling us? Do whatever you can to make sure that your ear is as open as possible to what he's about to say. Why? Because it concerns you. It is revelation concerning your future. You do not want to miss this, but yet millions go around missing it all the time. Their ear isn't inclined to his words. Their ear may be inclined to something else. You know they they give God you know like partial hearing, but they're really not paying attention. Something else has their attention. Something else has their ear. Something else has their eye. We could easily say something else has their affection. But he says if you want this revelation knowledge, he said I'm willing to give it to you. I he, basically the Lord is saying I've showed you in the scriptures where I have commissioned, I have, I have commanded Holy Ghost to take these things and reveal to you everything that, that concerns you. But if you're not going to tune your ear, if you're not going to incline your ear to my sayings, you're going to miss them. If, if you're not being still before me, if you're not paying attention to me, you're not going to hear it. God may be talking, but, but you're not going to hear it. Well, what are you hearing this is what he says in Mark 24. He says, you got to be watchful. Be watchful what you're hearing. Oh, hallelujah. Be watchful what you give your ear to. You know, you've, you've, you've heard that saying, well, they'll just, they're, uh, they will fill your ear full. Well, I'm telling you, if you're not watchful, you'll turn your ear to something, and it'll just fill it up. You'll hear all kinds of stuff, but it won't have anything to do with you it won't be revelation knowledge concerning what what his plans are for you notice mark 424 he says the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be measured um well excuse me the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who what who hear so here's the principle here that the measure or the amount of ear or the amount of attention that you give to something, the size of ear opening you offer something, is the measure or the amount of content you are going to get back from the same source. Oh, hallelujah. It's a spiritual law, friend. So he's saying if, if you only give God just a little bit of ear, if you only say, hey, God, I've only got just a little tiny, a little tiny hearing. I, I only hear a little bit. Or I'm going to give you a little bit of my hearing to speak to me. He says, here's the spiritual law. That will be the measure measured to you. You know, some people think, well, I'm going to give God a little, but he's going to give me a lot. No. He says, whatever you give me, he said, that will be the measure that I use to give back to you. So listen, we're not talking about people that don't hear anything from God, although there's a lot of them. But I'm saying we're talking about your average believer. okay? They love God, okay, but they're not really giving him much ear. They're not really paying attention to him very much. They're paying very little attention, so they're getting very little in return, but they're not really being led in broad, dramatic ways. They're really being just led occasionally and maybe even some might be accidentally. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's not that God's tripping up with them. It's just the amount that they tune in is so sporadic that they're only seeing very sporadic and far between results. Why is that? Because of the law that he presented here. He's saying, whatever measure you give me, that's the measure I've got to use to give back to you. Think about it like this. Let's say that... um, I was going to give away some free ice cream. And I said, you can have as much ice cream as you want. I mean, we've got loads of ice cream, and it's all your favorite flavors. And you can have as much of it as you want. Here's the catch. Whatever utensil you bring me uh, will be the scoop that you, that you get. So I'm going to give you one, one measure of, of ice cream, and it's dependent on what you bring me. And so you, you get these people, they, they bring in a little teaspoon. Well, hey, you understood how this thing works. I can only scoop you out one teaspoon of ice cream. Some, some people maybe got smart and they brought a shovel. Well, hey, hallelujah, you're going to get a lot of ice cream. Why? Because I'm going to use the measure that you brought me. The measure that you brought me is going to be the measure of content that's going to be measured back to you. This is why I said, listen, you got to be careful how you hear, how you hear, how are you hearing? Uh, this could be applied kind of in the negative in this sense, is that how much ear are you giving to this garbage in the world? If, you're, if you are constantly tuned, 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 you are paying attention to whatever's going on, the propaganda in the world. Well, listen, you're going to be full of that. That's the measure that's going to be measured back to you. And if you've only got a little bit of measure to the truth, but you've got a huge measure out here listening to all the lies and the garbage, you're going to be more full of one thing than you are of something else. You've got to be watchful. Of that He said, be watchful how you hear. So that's the podcast today. I'm just asking you, how is your hearing? We're doing a hearing checkup. We want to make sure we want to be giving God full attention. Why? He's wanting to reveal your future to you. How are you going to have the strategic advantage? I've, I've done several podcasts on that thought right there. Vision the strategic advantage. What is it? He's revealing. He is revealing. He wants to minister to you. He literally said, "I want to tell you about your future." You have questions about, um, you know, what's your future look like as far as a spouse? What about children? What about your work, your assignment, your place? What are you supposed to be doing in the next few weeks? What are you supposed to be doing in the next few years? What are you supposed to be doing concerning this situation or or that? He, he, uh, Jesus through his spirit, wants to talk to you about these things, wants to communicate to you about these things. But you've got to lend him the ear. You've got to give him the attention. And you've got to be still. In order to know that he is God, you're going to have to be still. Come into that place. You're not full of all this other noise, full of all this other stuff. No, you've tuned your ear to him. He's saying... Father, I'm quiet. I'm 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 going to be still. I'm going to be quiet. And I'm going to hear you speak. And listen, friend, whatever he says to you, do it. And that what Mary, Jesus's own mother, said, "Whatever he says to you, do it." <laughs> That's the problem. A lot of people don't know what he has said. Well, let's backtrack. Have you given him any ear? Are you tuned in? Do you even know what he's saying? Do you even know what he wants to command? Do you, do you even know what he's revealing? I mean, in that instance there was his first miracle, but the, but the principle was whatever Jesus says to do, do it. And so don't miss what he's about to say. Do whatever you have to do to get into the position, to get into the posture to be able to hear. Let me leave you with this last thought. And you know the story in Luke, and uh, it has to do with uh, uh, Martha and Mary. And this is in Luke chapter 10. And I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis here. But here's here's Martha. We find out in the story that she's troubled, she's worried, she's confused, she's distressed about a lot of things. And uh, Jesus tells her, look, uh, you're distracted with too much serving. You, you got too much going on. The reason why you're in this place when Jesus is literally right in the other room, but you haven't taken the time to stop what you're doing and to get where you can hear what Jesus is saying. So here we're in the story. Martha's distracted by too much serving, is what, is what the Bible says, with much serving. I added, I added the thought too, because serving's good you can overserve, you can overshoot. You can overstay a season. A lot of people get frustrated, upset, they get confused. The grace for their assignment has lifted, but you don't know that because you haven't checked in with Jesus. You have overshot your assignment, overshot your season, you've overshot your mandate, and now there's no grace for you because in reality, that season's over. Jesus has already moved on, prepared to grace you for the next season, but you're still over here in a in a in, the, in a different season working away, doing this and that, and there's no grace on you there. There's no grace for you there. There's no grace for you to do what you want. There's grace for you to do what he wants. There's grace for you to become and to finish and to fill out and to walk in all the things that he has prepared. But you got to check in with Jesus when, when things change, and things change, don't they? Seasons change. So here's Martha. She's way past where she should be. She's not in the place where she should be. And Jesus makes that very clear. Now, uh, Jesus is, you know, in our day-to-day, thank God for this scripture here, but he's not, we're, we, we we don't compare ourselves to each other, but he made a comparison here as a precedent, as a principle precedent that you and I can utilize. But he tells her in verse 40, we found out she was distracted with much serving. Then Jesus said, you're worried and troubled about many things. Then he said, look, Martha, one thing is needed. And we find out what that one thing is in verse 39. And I'm going to pull out five words here from the New King James. It says, Mary, who sat and heard. Jesus tells Martha, listen, here's the thing you missed. You are all messed up right now because you haven't quieted yourself, you've not sat down at my feet. The Bible says we can come boldly to the throne. We can come before him, get down at his feet, be still, pay whatever costs, come on, to turn our attention, and then what? Here. This is what he said. This is what Mary did. Mary has chosen the one thing, and that one good thing will not be taken from her. And he says, look, Martha, this is the same thing you need to choose. And listen, if you choose this, oh, it's going to bring blessing to you, and it's going to, says it's going to bless him as, as, as well. Because, listen, he is the high priest. He is the apostle of our confession, meaning he's the architect. He's, he is the architect. Uh, he has the, the, the blueprints for the bride. He's the He has the blueprints for the body. He has the blueprints for the building, the three major metaphors in the New Testament. Listen, he is everything. And we need to sit down at his feet because he wants to reveal what he's doing. He's building us. He's building us up. He's bringing us into maturity. He's bringing us into glory. And here he tells Martha, listen, the reason why you're troubled is because you haven't heard from me in a while. Hallelujah. You're over here doing things that you don't need to be doing. He said, Mary's chosen the one thing. Choose what Mary has chosen. What did Mary choose to do? To sit and to hear. And when you get at the feet of Jesus, when you get to, when you, when you get to that place where you are so caught up with him, when you come to him as the architect of your life, like he literally, he literally is the living blueprints of your life. Why would you be over here distracted with many things when you'd be sitting at the feet of revelation, anticipating the revealing of who you are, what you're to do, what your future is going to look like? Listen, friends, it's just a matter of putting the brakes on and uh, setting aside time to be still before him. Hallelujah. I want to challenge you to do that. And listen, if you're going to church you know, if you're involved in church, you're involved in the ministry, or just just in your personal relationship with Him, and you've had this thing like I'm just getting very, I'm just kind of getting very little. Listen, that's actually dishonest. It's just it's dishonest to say that you're getting very little from God, or from the Bible, or from church, or from your spouse, even when you bring the tiny spoon. Listen, remember, He said, "Be watchful how you hear." He said, for the measure that you bring will be the measure measured back to you. You, you. you want to get more from the Bible? Incline your ear. You want to get more from church? Incline your ear. You want to get more from the Father? Incline your ear. You want to get more from your spouse? Incline your ear and pay attention. Be still and know that he is God. Thank you for joining us today. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. Hey, if we could stand with you in prayer, it would be our honor. Send us an email with your prayer requests at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Or call us 870-741-9099. We'd love to celebrate with you. Let us know what the Lord is doing in your life. Hey, if you'd like to partner with us to keep the podcast out there going into all the nations, you can do so. You can mail in any donation, tax-deductible donation. You you can mail it to P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602, or text to give, 84321, follow the prompts, or gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Thank you, friends. We're so honored to have you join us on the podcast. Hey, until next time, be blessed.